This is the Daily Wrestling News for March 23rd, 2021, and we are powered by the Eastern Observer. My name is Ryan Joy, and I'm coming to you live from Minutes to Bell Time Studios on the beautiful treasure coast of the Sunshine State, and I am joined today by Travis Severance. Travis, good morning. Good morning. We're back, baby. We are back. Last week was great, though. I mean, those WrestleMania episodes, those those were a lot of fun to, to do, and I think people enjoyed watching them, so... Okay. Yeah, I had I definitely had a good time with him. I know I was I was moved off of my normal Tuesday morning slot over to a Thursday, so I needed to make some adjustments to my regular viewers. I had to bring the swath of them over and let them know that the that you know there was going to be a, a TV guide change there. Um, but yeah, overall I, I felt like those those episodes were cool, and it was kind of a nice lead into what we're going to get to see in a couple of weeks here. Sure. We did four WrestleMania four, six, eighteen, twenty-four, and thirty-six. So it was kind of an interesting selection of them, but uh, yeah, thirty-six threw people for a loop. That uh, that it surely was. threw me for a loop, especially <laughs> given the person that picked it. Yeah, well, and you know the funny thing is, some people I was getting some comments and stuff on on that episode. They're like, really, somebody wanted to do thirty-six, and then I explained, you know, well, you know, this was Al's point of view on it. And they're like, okay, well, sure, yeah, I get, I get that. So exactly, <laughs> so. exactly. Um, but that was a double feature. We went an hour and a half strong on that episode. So. Yeah, you guys went bell to bell all the way. That was Sting, Ric Flair all over again for sure. <laughs> so, all right. Here's today's agenda. We have the ridiculously random non-wrestling audience needs to know you better question of the day, followed by WrestleMania news. Uh, the New Japan Cup, New Japan Cup USA. We got lineups for Dynamite, Impact, MLW, and everything else. We have trivia, and that's about it. So, Let's get if that doesn't interest you, I guess you're, you might as well leave now because that's you're what we're wrong. Talking. You're in the wrong place. <laughs> All right, let's ring the bell and get going. Today's ridiculously random non wrestling audience needs to know you better question of the day is brought to you by Pro Wrestling Pick'em, a place where you can join or host a Pick'em League to test your predictive skills in the world of pro wrestling. Create an account and join the league now at prowrestlingpick'em.com so you can play against your friends or play against the universe i'm about 20 points behind in the essential wrestling podcast uh league and i would really like to make those points up before we get to wrestlemania but the wrestlemania main events are worth 50 points so i you know it's anybody's ball game at this point holy cow yeah that's a big deal so today's regular random question is going to be what was the last trip you took before covid so the last trip i took before covid would be uh, New York Toy Fair, I believe it was the weekend of uh, Valentine's Day. So I went there. It's a big show that they have at the Javits Center in New York City every year. Um, obviously not last year. And this year's they tried to push it to May, and then they ended up canceling that one too. Um, so I, I went down there with the explicit reason of talking with Lego and opening up account with them to be able to bring the products into my store. We were successful, but our first fairly significant size order of Lego showed up about a month into us being closed for COVID. So <laughs> it was a great purchase. I'm happy to sell their products now, but at the time the giant pallet of Lego product that was tens of thousands of dollars was not exciting to be seen in a dark store. So that was my last, my last non COVID trip. My last trip would have been revolution. Oh yeah. That, so that was my second to last, right? Yeah. Fairly close together. 
Yep. Yep. So, all right. Well, let's get into the news from last last night. Uh, news is brought to you by Body Slam Brigade newsletter. Uh, every each week, I compile the top stories into a e quick to read email that's divided up by company. We're about five people shy of four thousand people getting the newsletter each week, so it's a great resource, especially if you are kind of bogged down in all of the wrestling that's occurring. Uh, it's a great resource for you to flip through and you know maybe read up on the stuff that you didn't watch that week to make sure you're up to date. So that's it's really nice if, if you take a week off and you're off on vacation and you need to catch up. Yeah, quickly. exactly. It's good for that. Mm -hmm. So, all right. So news out of raw last night, basically it's, it's WrestleMania news, right? Like the whole show, there were things that happened, lots of matches and stuff like that, but really what all, everything kind of boiled down to it is what's happening for WrestleMania. So, we had four new match announcements last night for WrestleMania. They are Rhea Ripley versus Asuka for the Raw Championship, The Miz versus Bad Bunny in a singles match, Braun Strowman versus Shane McMahon, uh, not announced as official on the show, but it is on WWE.com, and Randy Orton versus The Fiend uh, closed the show, and they immediately announced it before they went off the air. So those were the four new matches announced last night. Um, they also went into telling us what was going to be on each night. Not every match has been split out yet, but I thought it was interesting because they don't, they didn't do that last year. Right. Um, and last year they actually had a pay-per-view, um, people, they were asking people to put out, you know, $50 a night to watch on pay-per-view and they didn't tell us what was going to be on the shows this year. They're not doing that, at least not yet. And they have told us what's going to be on night one. Lashley versus Drew McIntyre, Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks, The Miz versus Bad Bunny. And on night two, we know it's Roman Reigns versus Edge, Rhea Ripley versus Asuka, and The Fiend versus Randy Orton. Uh, we don't know where some of the other matches are going to land yet, but that's pretty good so far. Yeah. So. Um, Travis, Braun Strowman and Shane McMahon. Stro uh, Shane McMahon told Braun, I accept the match. It can be anything you want. Any thoughts on what that match could possibly be? Oh, I don't know. You got to pin him on the top on the top of the pirate ship or something at the stadium. <laughs> like, it, it's probably false count anywhere, right? Although, I mean, it gets a little bit dicey if you're going into the fans and stuff like that. Even New Japan had some restrictions about activity outside the barrier and the barricade, and some of the wrestlers during the cup called back to that. Oh, you can't come across the line. You can't hurt me here because I'm in the stands, and so on and so forth. So, I mean. It could be some really wacky stipulation match or just a straight up, you know, false count anywhere style match, which I think, you know, it, 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 he's definitely going to make it. He's going to want to make it an ODQ or something like that. And I, I don't know. Maybe well, the this is, is though, if it's Braun Strowman. If, if Braun Strowman's picking it, why wouldn't he just go straight match? I think that's yeah. where she has the least chance of winning. Yeah, that's that's fair, too. Right. Like, but, I mean, maybe yeah. Shane's going to use that to play into the dumbness of Braun. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This is a rough. It's Maybe they should do hell in a cell or something like that. Yeah. Call it a day or, you know, alligators around the ring. We're in Florida. Yeah. So there you go. Al, Al's right with me. Hell in a cell. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, sure. Cage so, him up. So I don't want to get, I don't want to get negative on this and everything, but a lot of discussion on Facebook and everywhere about Rhea Ripley getting this match with Oscar. Um, a lot of people, 
think that there should have been something for her to earn the title shot that she shouldn't just walk in and get the title match. Um, and I, I get that too. Like, I, I think it's, a, it's, it's, it's weird to see somebody just walk in and say, there's the WrestleMania sign. I'm standing underneath it. Give me my title shot. Um, but at the same time, I often see people from NXT get called up and they, they don't do anything with them for six, seven, eight months. And then all of a sudden they try to pivot and make that person a main event star. And no wonder it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So if you put the gas on somebody right away, you know, hopefully they come out, you know, better. maybe they're, maybe they're trying to learn something from the slow start that Bianca Belair um, got coming off of, you know, the day after mania, you had to remind me that she'd been around the main uh, card for that long uh, because she was super quiet when she came in and didn't do anything for a little while. And then, all of a sudden, you know, now we've got her winning the Rumble and she's off to a Mania shot herself. I think I think it kind of, with both of them having the, the Mania shots like they do, obviously Rhea did it last year. And I think there was a lot of speculation from a lot of us that she was probably going to get moved up to the main show quicker. Um, yep. I don't know and why. And it didn't happen. Actually. It, I, I, it didn't feel like she was, it, it felt like she lost a lot of steam that she had going back to NXT and she didn't really accomplish much in that time while she was down there. That was anything, you know, super big or building off another character or anything like that. Like, you know, the Raquel Gonzalez stuff was obviously, you know, interesting towards the end, but I, I think it speaks to kind of some of the staleness in the division, right? We've, we've got all kinds of top girls that have wrestled each other multiple times Mm -hmm. and if you want something for mania that looks a little bit different um you know ripley and and bel-air being featured in the main like we'll see what they got i think it's a rough spot for ripley i i don't know i felt a little bit like even though some of the story from last night developed out of the fast lane pay-per-view it felt a bit like a throwaway for me where they could have planted some more seeds or they could have given her at least a match there yeah. As her as her go into it. And I mean, obviously, you know, we're not at Mania yet. We've got a couple weeks to go and stuff like that. Maybe we'll see her get a couple of different contests between then and now. Um, but I think it's, you know, the women's division, which was a huge strength at WWE, has kind of been a little bit of a mixed disaster between different things like that and talent going away and talent coming back and COVID and different stuff. So I think it's due for kind of a reset and a shakeup, and maybe that's what Ripley and Bianca are going to kind of bring to it as well. I still think it's the strongest women's division out there, and I think the sure the only issue I would say is it's a bit fragmented in the sense that you've got really solid talent um, on SmackDown and on Raw, and that's that's an initial split there. And then you have the tag division too. So then you have Nia Jax and Shayna kind of as a tandem that's really not going to get involved much singles competition, even though Nia just had a SmackDown championship match. Um, but yeah, it gets a little bit fragmented. And then and then you have the whole NXT uh, roster, which also has a really strong women's division, and they're going to inject a whole bunch of four or five, six new uh, talented women that they've recruited in the last, you know, few months. I assume that'll come in after WrestleMania or whatever, but sure. Um, I yeah, think from the so, diversity, I, I wish from a diversity standpoint, they looked at the brands raw and SmackDown and they tried to set the shows up a little bit differently. Like it would be interesting to me if they moved the women's division completely to SmackDown and they focused on the men's tag division as part of raw 
And they just had those two very distinct things where, okay, full on women's programming on Fox. We've got a ton of viewers. Let's see what the women can do with all the spotlight and maybe half the card that night. And then let's really try to develop this tag division as opposed to like, you know, little inklings of tag divisions here and there, throw that on raw and make that be one hour of raw or whatever, you know, it would be, it would provide a very different viewing angle for viewers for each of the different shows. They'd have their own unique thing as opposed to being kind of what we're seeing now where there's greatness on each side, but we don't get to see them bump into each other all that much. And it doesn't develop as much as it possibly could if there was a little bit more focus on one place for each of them. Yeah. The tag division is a good point. You brought that up and it's, it's kind of the same thing. You've got about, you know, three, maybe three teams on each brand. Right. And it's hard that you're, you know, passing the belts around. So it's, it's another interesting thing is I didn't hear as much backlash about almost getting a, a tag team title match in the first right off the bat. But in any way, um, so that's WrestleMania updates for, uh, for the week. So let's transition into some, to some other stuff because there's still so much more to talk about that's happening this week and that happened uh, last week that are kind of in our wheelhouse. So um, uh, actually, before we do, 20 years ago today, do you know what happened 20 years ago today, March 23rd, 2001? I have the pref- press release out of Stanford, Connecticut. World Wrestling Federation Entertainment Inc. today announced its purchase of the World Championship Wrestling brand from Turner Broadcasting System. A division of AOL Time Warner. So not really a news story for today, but uh, a news story from 20 years ago that I thought was pretty interesting. It was a big deal back then for sure. Um, and, you know, if you if you had the time or if you if you cared about it and you listened to 83 Weeks um, with Bischoff and Conrad Thompson, he talks about sort of seeing the writing on the law when the, the Time Warner AOL merger occurred and the change of what he was dealing with with his brand and with his product, with the, with the switch that was occurring. And there was a time when he wanted to walk away and he didn't, and he stuck it out and things got worse and worse and worse and worse. So when this happened, it wasn't a surprise to him or anything. And like the show itself had, had deteriorated a lot by the time that this thing ended up happening, which, you know, when you're squeezed with resources, as opposed to being flush with resources and have the ability to control your own destiny as a business, that's, that's, what's going to happen. There's just so much you can do to try to salvage stuff. So yeah, definitely a big deal back then. Um, you know, interesting to see Shane show up on the last nitro and they kind of move forward with that. And it was, you know, a bit of a dud early on, but. Um, so interesting. Uh, you, you brought up Eric, Eric Bischoff, you know, that's a big news story. He came up last week, Eric Bischoff, I would think aside from, you know, me and maybe you, He's probably your your number one favorite podcasting personality in wrestling, isn't he? Oh yeah, I like Eric a lot. <laughs> yeah, so so the nice the the part that Eric gives you that's interesting to me as a business owner on that show is he gives you the insight of the dollars and cents of it. And he'll shoot on it and talk about the reality of it. And he has no problem calling out other people because it's interesting. All of us have our own speculation on what's going on in the business, but we don't really have the accounting in front of us. And we don't know what the advertisers are outside of maybe getting on the investor call or whatever to see what the motivation is for what they do. And sometimes storylines are motivated just based on advertisers. It's a sad thing to say, but it's not always the fans and it's not always built for the fans. It's built for the, you know, the companies that they're trying to attract to promote their products on that show. Um, so that's how we see some of the talent that ends up getting featured. I would actually say most often, I would assume that wrestling is not booked 
for the fans that they have, but for the fans that they might acquire. Yeah, that's certainly the hope. And I, you know, that was a conversation thread last night on the Monday Night Raw um, thread in the in the Facebook group. And the reality of it is, you know, if you decide not to focus on a women's division, you're shutting off about 50% of the population that you could possibly acquire as viewers, not counting the ones that enjoy seeing good looking guys wrestling and the soap opera mm-hmm. element of it. But, you know, you want aspirational viewers as well. And that's what the young women are that watch it. And we see listening to all the different women that are in the, um, that are on these shows now that are the great wrestlers that we watch, all of them talk about the early diva days and the women wrestlers, whether it's Lita or Trish Stratus or whoever that kind of gave them the the edge and the push that they wanted to create their career. So it's super important. I don't know. I enjoy a diverse viewing experience. I think that the level of women's wrestling competition has outpaced how good the math the men have been in the last five to ten years i think the division was obviously bigger but my Mm -hmm. gosh you know have they caught up pretty quick i mean obviously we're not still seeing the strength and the power moves that guys are but they're you know 50 or 60 pounds lighter sometimes more so you're going to see a different presentation but overall women's wrestling has made leaps and bounds from where it was you know back in those early diva day bra and panty match type stuff for sure well, across the pond, over in in Japan, Will Osprey has won the New Japan Cup, and he defeated Shingo Takagi in the final. So it's kind of a, a rivalry that transcends divisions, right? They feuded a little bit, and not really feuded, so to speak, but just they had high profile matches in the in the junior division. This high profile match in the heavyweight division. Osprey is the winner. He's going to go on to face Kota Ibushi on April fourth for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. They still don't have a belt. They still carry around the two belts. But Yeah, I mean, overall, great cup. Um, solid final. Um, you know, this is Shingo with another fantastic match to go with the one that he had against Cobb earlier in the year at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, Osprey, this is a nice big push for him where Empire United Empire kind of started out a little bit slow. Um, so this is certainly a nice profile spot for him to be in, um, as well as the other members. Um, it's nice to have that big giant cup to carry around and stuff. Um, I was caught off guard that he decided to give Bia Priestley a cutter. That was Um, weird. And I, I, I think they're, you know, maybe they needed something additional to build Ibushi as kind of this hero figure it's weird i mean the storyline is abushi says if i'll do this to the person i own a house with and i you know i love and all this imagine what i'll do to you it's it's a weird situation because on new japan you don't get a lot of interview time and don't have a lot of story build time so um when they do something like this it's very jarring i guess and um so yeah, like they were hardly established as a couple, really. <laughs> right. You don't you don't see that kind of thing happen as often, right? Usually we've got aftermatch stuff, and then we've got some theatrics in the after the post-match interviews that we end up seeing where the story kind of plays out. And then in the ring, obviously. Um, there's a lot of they they do some of the best storytelling in the world in the ring. Um, so it was a it was a surprise situation for me. I wasn't I it, I did not expect them to go that way with it. So you have basically three three matches at Sakura Genesis that I think are important to talk about and we can talk about at, at this stage. You have Yo returning. So Cho and Yo are going to challenge for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship tag tag championships. The titles they never lost. So they're going to challenge Desperado and Kanemaru. 
um, which is kind of nice in the sense that the, the tag titles have moved around a little bit since Show and Yo vacated them, but the original little junior tag tournament they had was won by Kanemaru and Desperado. So you have Show and Yo coming back and facing the people that immediately took the titles when they vacated them. Yeah, I think so it, lines up pre- it lines up pretty well. I mean, those titles are so synonymous with Show and Yo in the way that the, you know, the the heavyweight tag belts are synonymous with God when it comes to yeah. New Japan and stuff. You know, Show and Yo are a tag team. God are a tag team. It's hard to find other raw tag teams in New Japan from either side. Yeah, it's two individuals mixed together. So I guess I wouldn't be surprised if we see them come back and take the belts back immediately. Yeah, no, me either. Um, <laughs> and then the other the other match, of course, we already talked about Ibushi and uh, Osprey, but the other match that is kind of important and interesting on Sakura Genesis April 4th is LIJ, Naito, Sonata, and Takagi versus the Empire, United Empire, Great Okan, Jeff Cobb, and a silhouette, a mystery person. So the so the big thing is who is this mystery person? I know you said you have a few options for us, and it's weird with the portal being open that it could be, you know, company lines don't matter so much. So there was that, and that was a big part of you know my thinking when I started to try to rack my brain for names and stuff. The first place that I went to was Osprey's former Bird of Prey partner, Robbie Eagles. Um, uh-huh. We haven't we haven't seen Robbie Eagles around very often. Um, he's interesting. He's kind of a smaller guy than what they have. He could tag with any of those other guys as well, so he could represent themselves kind of on a junior side of things. Um, I also looked at possibly the mercenary, Flip Gordon, because I really want Flip Gordon back in, in New Japan as, as a possibility. Then uh, staying inside of X Villain Enterprises, I thought maybe maybe we see Marty come back. Marty yeah. jumps wow. over, right? He's got an accent, so he'll fit in with the rest of the gang for the United <laughs> Empire. Then... I said, man, what if they swerved us and we decided that, you know, there's enough time. Maybe we see Andrade over there to take that spot, right? Super, super interesting um, if that could happen. And then the last name, just based on kind of the way things went on Dynamite last week, and maybe there's more to come from this, but maybe they want to pack him away and they want to bring him back. Brian Cage. Yeah, there's a little interesting, uh, I don't want to say animosity, but there's something going on there. Yeah, so we had you know, we had some stuff going on, and Brian was respectful to Sting after the match and stuff like that. It's, it's possible they send him over for a short period of time. He'd be a hell of a talent swap. I mean, he is, you know, Jeff Cobb with maybe a little more athleticism, which is hard to say because Jeff's got a whole ton of it. But, man, what a force it would be. And it would be a big name. Like I was going through the AEW roster this morning, trying to figure out who they might send across. Like, you know, Archer's obviously already been over there before. So maybe he would be somebody, but like, it feels like they've moved. They're trying to move him into a storyline against Sting next. Um, So we will see what happens um, with that. But there wasn't a ton of names on that AEW roster that were standing out to me that could possibly go across on that side. And as far as impact goes, not a ton really there either. Um, so yeah. I, I'll be perfectly happy to be surprised. Yeah. Marty Skrull, um, that name kind of sticks out a little bit to me in, in the ones that you mentioned. He was going to debut on New Japan Strong, but they pulled him because mm-hmm. there was a little bit of backlash. Um, 
for whatever reason in Japan, they seem to be able to get away with things a little bit more. Like the speaking out stuff doesn't seem to have impacted them as much. Um, or I don't know how, to, I don't really know how to say that. It's just like maybe they brush them under the rug a little bit more. Um, sure. The other name that's out there um, is Michael Elgin. He, oh. he's, he's been kind of, I've seen some social media posts in the last couple of days, you know, the, of him, you know, getting in shape and stuff. And he's a former New Japan guy. So, you know. yeah, I forgot all about him. And, you yeah. know, he's, he's, he's a good name as well. Um, he, also, he, somebody who got caught in the speaking out movement. So, correct. Yeah. I um, mean, there's a, who was the older guy that was on the all in pay per view? Kind of a mid sized guy with the gray hair. Um, I don't know. The name's the name's missing me, but he would Where's be. Jericho? No, there you go. All right. <laughs> we'll take some Jericho up there for sure. So, so I, I think it's really interesting whenever you have a mystery person. Um, now the, the weird thing is it could just be somebody coming over from all Japan or Noah or Dragon Gate, somebody who I might just not be familiar with. Well, yeah, I, I went through the Rev Pro roster and stuff today, kind of looking at that because that's certainly where they took Okan from. And that's, you know, that's Will's wheelhouse. So he's, you know, maybe he's got a recruitment thing going over there. But those guys are so inundated with like a bunch of those are at NXT UK at this point yeah. and different things like yeah. that. So they're a little bit rough to follow, but, and, and then of course they could obviously grab somebody as a shocker from inside of one of the other factions too. Um, I didn't have anybody huge that stood out to me. That would be an obvious fun swerve to bring in, but um, it is kind of exciting. We'll see. I mean, thus far the stable that he's put together is pretty good. Jeff Cobb was a huge, I don't want to say it was a huge surprise because I think a lot of people knew that was coming, but you know, that was a big get. Mm -hmm. Without a doubt. Certainly a good talent and a guy that can work a bunch of different styles. So we'll see what this next mystery mystery is. Yeah. Um, back across the pond um, to New Japan Cup USA, this is really interesting. So already qualified for the New Japan Cup USA, we have Leo Rush, Tom Lawler, Fred Rosser, Hikaleo, Brody King, and Ren Narita. We have the final two qualifying matches. It's Clark Connors versus TJP, and then Blake Christian versus Chris Dickinson. Blake Christian signed with NXT like three months ago. <laughs> so it's so funny to me that that's how far out these strong tapings are. He he signed long, like quite a while ago at this point with uh, with NXT. So yeah, so that match is a little less interesting. <laughs> um, well, I mean, Chris Dickinson is probably going to walk over all over him no matter what. Yeah, and, so. and Chris, if you haven't seen Chris before, is just a big giant beast. Um, I mean, Kratos is a big giant beast too, and he lost, but um, they probably need another beast in here, at least somebody to bump into Brody King because Brody King is just sizably more massive than all the rest of the guys in this. I mean, that's not difficult to say for Brody in general. Um, and TJP, Clark Connors, Clark Connors is like, you know, Adam Page's doppelganger as far as looks go and stuff. And TJP is really good. So that, that should round up a great eight people. Well, for the their interesting cup. thing is like you have, okay, we have a tournament announced and we know it's going to be an eight person tournament. And then, so you have qualifying matches to determine the eight people. Isn't that just a 16 person tournament? It is kind of, as just a 16 person bracket. Yeah. It was, I guess there's no bracket announced so they could shuffle things around however they need to, but 
Yeah, I, and I was kind of hoping that, you know, halfway through we'd start to see the bracket for them, but they haven't put up any kind of bracket. And yeah, I think that could be part of it for sure. Yeah. Um, but interesting, like, you know, there's not a slouch out of the six that they have so far. And I can't see, you know, Dickinson get added in there and, and either Clark Connors or TJP, both both are good workers. Probably Clark is a little bit less, certainly less known than everybody else in the And in the, the question to ask here is who do you want to see face John Moxley? Um, you know, Tom Lawler is an interesting choice. Chris Dickinson's an interesting choice. Brody King is a really interesting choice, I think. Um, Brody, Brody King is somebody that could beat John Moxley. Yeah, Nicky Leo could probably beat John Moxley. I don't see Fred Rosser doing it necessarily. Tom Lawler gets really interesting because he's like muddy in the waters with MLW stuff and this, yeah. and they've certainly built Tom as kind of the heel faction head. Um, so that could, that could be really cool and it could bleed into some MLW stuff. So it's, it, he's probably the person that I would pluck out of here as the most likely to win. Um, but the Brody King match would be great too, because John would have to wrestle up and Brody is massive. Leo Rush has also been booked really strong in every promotion. It doesn't feel like his tournament to win, but no. he's been booked really strong everywhere. So, yep. All right, with 29 minutes into the podcast, let's talk about Dynamite this week. Sounds good. Okay, so I have five matches um, that are lined up for this week. We have Nyla Rose versus Tay Conti, Kenny Omega versus Matt Seidel in an AEW World Title Eliminator match, Darby Allen versus John Silver in a TNT Championship match, FTR and Sean Spears versus the Varsity Blondes and Dante Martin, and... The Young Bucks and Brandon Cutler versus the Lucha Bros and a returning, a t- making his two-year return, Laredo Kid. He's finally back. <laughs> we had that storyline. Fighter Fest, and he hasn't been around since. So, yeah, um, he's been on hold. You know, he's an interesting person. He was the the AAA cruiserweight, world cruiserweight champion, whatever they call it, up until recently when he lost that to Leo Rush in, in on MLW. Um, he had a AAA Mega Championship match against Kenny Omega at uh, AAA's anniversary show or something at the end of the year. Yep. Um, so he's a really uh, prominent figure in in Mexican luchador wrestling, and here he is going to be on Dynamite. And he's not facing off against Kenny Omega, but he's facing off against the Young Bucks. So that's pretty good. Yeah, that's that's a super interesting match. Obviously, it was the last one that was kind of you know, announced for this thing. Um, I mean, that, that team is stacked. Like (laughs) Lucha Brothers and Laredo Kid. And as we were talking about in pre-show, like I think we've got Brandon Cutler and his dragon costume in here to take the pin. Yeah. Um, I think it is, it is interesting to see where this ends up going though. Um, I don't know if we're going to see somebody from the outside coming in and getting involved with this. I mean, certainly, you know, smells like a good brothers interference for sure. Well, um, Pac and Phoenix have the have the title match coming up at some point. I think Pac is probably home, right? He's not there for every taping and everything. No, so I agree. Yep, that's yep. probably what we're seeing here. Um, so yeah, I agree. Brandon Cutler probably takes the pin here, um, but Laredo Kid's back, so I think that's what the the big story is. And that's interesting. Yeah, it's very cool. The Kenny Omega and Matt Seidel match. Do you think Matt Seidel has any chance of getting a win over Kenny Omega here to earn a title shot? They set this up on elevation. What happened was um, Seidel and Matt and Mike Seidel had a tag team match. They won that. They're in the back, and 
Kenny Omega told Matt Seidel that he could get a world title match if he beat Nakazawa, and then he made uh, then he made Matt Seidel fight Nakazawa like twenty minutes later. So yeah, so I, won, felt, and I felt like here. it was a little tongue in cheeky, um, yeah. kind of pushing against the WWE Elimination Chamber match with with uh, Reigns coming out after they were pre-beat. So it felt like it was a little plucky shot at them. Like they've been, you know, taking shots back and forth. The Drew last week with the mention of the, you know, up the fireworks or something like that during his promo stuff felt a little bit cheeky too. So I don't mind the fact that they're kind of loosely jawing back and forth. Hopefully this isn't, I, I don't really want to see Tony Khan as a as a character here. I think the stuff that he's doing on Impact is amazing. I love that Tony Khan character. But like, let's just leave it at that, Tony Khan. Don't bring him out and be the equalizer or the guy that you love or the guy that you hate or anything yeah. like that. Let's not have him too too involved. Um, it was nice that he, you know, kind of said to Kenny, "Hey, I'm the one that makes the decisions around here, not you." Um, that was nice to put him in his place so that he doesn't feel like he's going out of control. But I don't want to see him too often on the show, and I hope this isn't them kind of trying that out. Yeah, I don't. I think you're, I, you're right. Do they, and I don't think they need to have an authority figure. I think they've gone this far without it, and it's been great. So mm-hmm. I agree. Um, the Darby Allen John Silver title match. Uh, it sounds like Darby Allen's going to run through the dark order based on what the promo was last week. Yeah, I feel like that. And I, you know, the only the only two that I could see probably taking the, that that could potentially take the belt off him would be either Cabana or Ten just because of Ten's elevation lately and what they've done with him as a character. Um, I guess we could circle it all the way around and we could have Adam Page with that belt. But Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think it takes uh, – that's too long of a build to get to Page and Omega, and I think Page and Omega is where we're probably headed this year. Um, at some point, it makes the most sense for him to be the person that looked at taking the belt off him. Maybe he does a TNT run, but if you put the belt on him, then you got to find a good way to take it off him to put him up against Kenny at some point. And I, I think that that's you know we're we're headed in that direction at some point. And I think so. Kenny. I think so too. I think Paige is the person who will ultimately beat Omega, but I'm not sure that's anytime soon. I, I, mean, yeah. I could see that. I could see that being Revolution next year. Like, yeah. I, I think it's a long way off especially since they're doing so much interpromotional stuff with kenny so. sure sure um yeah so maybe he ends up getting the, the 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 dynamite belt for a little while and you know drops it to somebody in some random you know, bad no. or something um on the kenny omega side of things he is going to be on impact tonight him and don Callis are returning to impact kenny of course in april has a match at rebellion against rich swan it's title versus title i don't know if it's title for title that still is not clear to me, but um, anyway, Kenny Omega will be on Impact tonight. Carl Anderson will face Eddie Edwards, Deanna Perrazzo versus Jazz, Ace Austin versus TJP for the X Division Championship, a sit-down interview with Matt Cardona, and then on before the Impact, Tasha Steeles versus Alicia Edwards. So um, completely lo- completely loaded Impact show tonight. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what we what we get out of the Kenny Omega appearance there, and whether or not he'll be in the Impact zone or in the trailer outside. Yeah. NWA Power also returns tonight, 605 uh, on Fight TV. Nothing announced for that, which I think that they need to start announcing for NWA Power because they're doing a subscription service and asking people to put out money. Uh, I think they need to make announcements, match announcements ahead of time. So we'll see if they take my advice. If if they don't, it kind of says 
like, I think you're almost trying to fade your talent at that point. Like yeah. you need something to promote it. Like they had done, you know, last week with the lead in, if you're not announcing talent, I think you're just cutting your recruitment on potential subscribers down a ton because yeah. who wants to pay for it blind? I don't want to. Well, and you have to live off of buzz from the previous episode and hope that it generates something for the next episode without doing match announcements, which is weird. Yeah, and I didn't do anything last week to avoid it, but I certainly didn't see a lot about the results or what happened during the show. I didn't watch the show specifically, but there wasn't, you know, with all the dirt sheets and all the random Facebook pages and all the nonsense that I look at, I didn't actively seek out the results, but it wasn't like anything flashed before my eyes that said, oh, pay attention to power because this awesome thing happened. So, yeah. Well, we'll see how they do, um, how they do tonight. So. Um, AEW Dark tonight, I only saw six matches announced, which seems really small, but um, they did have they do have that whole elevation show now. So uh, nothing really interesting except for the fact that Allie, the bunny, is going to be in competition. Good. She hasn't wrestled in a long time. So she hasn't wrestled in forever. Facing Jasmine Allure. Uh, Jack Evans versus Dante Martin um, and some other stuff. So Brian Cage versus Brandon Cutler. Should be close. Yeah, that should be a close one. Probably can't pick the winner there. You know what? They probably only have six matches because they're each going to go 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, MLW tomorrow night. Chain rope match. Von Eriks and ACH versus Team Filthy. That's an interesting uh, match. Chain rope. I haven't seen one of those in maybe forever. It's certainly old school Texas slash Hawaiian Von Eric style to do something yeah. like that. So it is, it's an interesting thing to put forward. Um, They're trying. They experiment there. So. Oh, they, they, yeah. I, I, I'll tell you, it's court is not shy to call some kind of weird ass match and see if it sticks. Like variety is nothing they're short on at MLW. That's for sure. No. Uh, also, Zenshi versus Gino Medina and Mil Mortez versus Gringo Loco. And then their big show, their theme show, Never Say Never, next week, that's where you've got um, Fatu versus Tankman for the MLW World Championship, Jordan Oliver versus Simon Gotch, and Myron Reed versus Davari. So that's a injustice card, right, because you've got Oliver and Reed, and then they kind of adopted Tankman a little bit too. So Sort of, yeah. It seems like it, it falls that way. I don't see Tankman beating Fatu here. but I don't know who's going to beat Fatu. I do know. I think it's going to be Hammerstone. It's going to be Hammerstone, but Hammerstone's already, yeah, Hammerstone's already got that other belt. You got to get that off of him and stuff like that. So yeah, I think it'll be a fan attended event. I agree with that. I think that he's holding off to make some money on that show for sure. All right, it's trivia time. Hooray! (laughs) (laughs) WrestleMania twelve. How do you make? How do you feel about that? I don't remember it at all. Okay, great. Maybe you will once we uh, get into some of the questions. Yeah, we'll <laughs> see. It's possible. Uh, WrestleMania 12, over there in Anaheim, Triple H made his WrestleMania debut. Oof. WrestleMania 12. So think okay. about that for a second. We're at 37 this year. <laughs> he lost to this man. Was it A, The Undertaker, B, The Ultimate Warrior, C, Hulk Hogan, or D, Mr. Perfect? Was he booked as Triple H or was he booked as Hunter Hearst Helmsley? Hunter Hearst Helmsley. What were the what were the Undertaker, Ultimate yeah. Warrior, Hulk Hogan, or Mr. Perfect? Mr. Perfect. It was Ultimate Warrior. 
Perfect. <laughs> no, Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> I know. That's great. Uh, Steve Austin made his WrestleMania debut defeating this man. Was it Savio Vega, Randy Savage, Vader, or the British Bulldog? Savio Vega? It was Savio Vega, yes. One for one for two. Rowdy Roddy Piper defeated Goldust in what kind of match? Was it A, an evening gown match, B, a Hollywood backlot brawl, C, a Hollywood hangover match, or D, a Hollywood movie mayhem match? Wait a minute. I did the WrestleMania where Roddy Piper retired from WWE, and that was like WrestleMania. <laughs> WrestleMania 3. three. Yeah. yeah. What's he doing back on 12? I'm going to say it was a Hollywood backlot brawl. Hollywood backlot brawl is correct against Goldust. Um, he had the whole OJ Simpson uh you know, Jeep Cherokee chase scene in there, you know, it just ended in the ring. It kind of ended in an evening gown match. It, just it, did. <laughs> it sure did. <laughs> Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels had an Iron Man match that went 60 minutes without a pinfall. Shawn Michaels would win the match in overtime, but the match was um, because the match was ordered to continue under sudden death rules by this WWE official. Was it A, Gorilla Monsoon, B, Roddy Piper, C, Jack Tunney, or D, Sergeant Slaughter? I guess that's on Sergeant Slaughter. It's a Gorilla Monsoon. So the way this worked was uh, Monsoon was the president or whatever, post Jack Tunney, and Vader hit him with a Vader bomb or whatever, took him out. So then they had Roddy Piper as an interim president and piper called this match as there must be a winner so when the match went to the end of 60 minutes monsoon got in the ring to talk to howard finkel finkel said this match must continue so girl monsoon and the commentary team for wrestlemania 12 was girl monsoon jesse ventura girl monsoon and bobby heenan jim ross and jerry lawler or vince mcmahon and jerry lawler what was the third one? The third one was Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler. You are right. one, two for two for four right now. You had Bobby Heenan with Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse Ventura, Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan, Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler, or Vince McMahon and Jerry Lawler. Vince and Jerry? Vince and Jerry is correct. Three for five. Congratulations. I knew it. You knew it. <laughs> that puts you 12 for 20 for the month. All right. It's your WrestleMania uh, trivia. So it's a pretty very good. The average for me. Yeah. All right. Well, that's our show for the day. But before we get out of here, I do want to tell people about the Dropkick T-shirt. Dropkick T-shirt is 20 bucks. It's a seal of a deal. It already comes in the super soft style with no upcharge for that. Uh, no upcharge for extra sizes if you're a 2X or above. Uh, you can get it a bunch of different colors and uh, includes shipping. And it supports me. It supports a local artist. Uh, not a local artist. It supports an independent artist. So definitely pick one up. They're great shirts. I like them a lot. And then also the Prime Time Rundown. Join Joey Jarzanka, Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca on Friday nights for the Prime Time Rundown. We take you through the world of sports, and our show kicks off at 6 p.m., on the Eastern Observer. And tonight, 
between watching Dark and Impact and Power and everything else you're doing, uh, that's the Daily Wrestling News Show. <laughs> the Essential Wrestling Podcast, 6 o'clock tonight, amongst all that other wrestling that you could watch. Skip it all. Watch the Essential Wrestling Podcast. Al Carl hosts with John Smith, myself, John DeCani, Gary Maheffi. It's another week of updates and highlights in the world of wrestling. Coverage begins at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. This that's, show, the Daily that's what I'm watching. Show, will return tomorrow at 10 a.m., our normal start time. John DeCani will be here. We'll talk about what happens on Impact tonight and whatever other news comes up between now and then. We'll break it all down here on the Daily Wrestling News Show. We're here every day, Monday through Thursday at 10 a.m. Travis, that's the show. I think we got a, like a, a T-shirt design kind of that we're mingling about in the background there that the fans should probably be excited about maybe coming There's down the pipe at some There's point. It's an interesting another, uh, another iteration on the design. I have to look at yeah, it. Was Very good. And, so. and yeah, I mean, if you're not watching EWP live and you're tuned into all those other shows that you can catch kind of whenever, I think yeah. you're not doing yourself a favor if you want to know the week lineup in the the week before and the week to come the ewp show live a lot of fun get in there interact throw some comments down there let the guys know how you're feeling about what they have to say good bad or indifferent the um, other thing is that you listen to that show and then when you go talk to your other wrestling friends about point a point b about who's going to win the match you know you'll have a little bit of uh, input from the ewp crew absolutely might give you a different reason to pick a certain match a certain way uh, John Smith can pick those NXT matches like nobody's business. He he seems to do really well there. Uh, and John DeCani, he's the point leader. So Exactly. Big matches. All right, that's our show. We'll catch everybody tomorrow. Uh, thank you very much for watching. See you then.